Well, I tried him, and I found his promises are true. He's everything he said that he would be. The finest words I know could not begin to tell just how much Jesus really means to me. Oh! 
You don't have to applaud every time I come to preach. <laughs> it reminds me of the story of the uh, Spanish sports writer who had made a visit to New York City and he wanted to see the Yankees play before he flew back home. But when he got to the ticket booth, he saw a sign sold out and he convinced someone there in the ticket booth that he had to see a Yankee game before he went back to Madrid the next day. So this guy called the groundskeeper and said, can't you find one more seat somewhere? Mr. Jose Madero insists that he's got to see a Yankee game. So anyway, the only place they could find for Jose was on the flagpole. And as he sat there on the flagpole, as the game began, all the people turned toward him and sang, Jose, can you see? <laughs> well, I know some of you are Florida State fans and uh, you're sort of down today and not even a joke like that's going to help you. <laughs> but before long, you'll be winning. So hang in there. We've been going through the gospel according to John for many months. But I'm going to suspend our study with the end of chapter 17. And next spring as we lead up to Easter, we will pick up with chapter 18 and conclude that gospel. During this month, I'm going to be bringing some messages that I hope will prepare us for the new church year. Beginning in October, I'm going to do a series of messages of a very practical nature. How to get a handle on life. How to get a handle on loneliness. How to get a handle on depression. How to get a handle on God's will. Now this morning, I want us to discuss opportunities and opposition. If you have your Bible, please turn with me first of all to Ephesians chapter 5. And follow in the reading of verses 15 through 17. Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity, because the days are evil. Therefore do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. This is a day of tremendous opportunity. For those of us who are Christians, there are those opportunities in the reorganization of the adult division of Sunday school to meet new friends and to experience a new teacher in Bible study. There are those opportunities that will help you to grow in grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ 
There's the opportunity for some of you to get in evangelism explosion and learn how to witness. There are opportunities for many of you to begin teaching in the preschool and children's area as well as in some of the other divisions of our Sunday school. These are great days of opportunity for this church. Folks, we stand on the threshold of making a new impact upon this community with the gospel of Jesus Christ as we enroll and win to Christ people in our Bible study and in these church services. I want us to go back to 1 Corinthians chapter 16 and find in the record of Paul's ministry a paragraph concerning the opportunity that faced him at Ephesus. Beginning with verse 5, he says, After I go through Macedonia, I will come to you, for I will be going through Macedonia. Perhaps I will stay with you a while, or even spend the winter, so that you can help me on my journey wherever I go. I do not want to see you now and make only a passing visit. I hope to spend some time with you, if the Lord permits. But I will stay on at Ephesus until Pentecost because a great door for effective work has opened to me and there are many who oppose me. If Timothy comes, see to it that he has nothing to fear while he is with you, for he is carrying on the work of the Lord just as I am. Now as you look at these words of Paul, you will find in most of the verses that he is unsure about God's will and his place of ministry to verses 8 and 9. There is an affirmation open the door. There is a definite place in God's will for his ministry. You see, he is writing from Ephesus to the church at Corinth, discussing his future plans and his upcoming ministry. But Paul makes it clear that he's not quite sure what God's perfect will is. Perhaps I will stay with you. I hope to spend some time. If the Lord permits, if Timothy comes, here is a man of God who had been to heaven and back. And yet at this time in his life, he was not absolutely sure of where he was to be and what he was to do. And so we find from his life this principle that following Jesus Christ does not mean that we've got a crystal bowl and we can always see clearly into the future. But what did Paul do? Paul did not sit down passively, immobile, doing nothing. But Paul used common sense he sought the Lord and he moved on. And folks, many times when we don't know absolutely God's will, I believe the Lord wants us to trust in Him with all of our heart. But that doesn't mean that our minds are to be put in mute. We are to trust Him, read the Scriptures, pray, and move ahead trusting Him to guide us for His kingdom service. And so we find that Paul now, having said, I'm not quite sure about all of the future, I do know that before me is a definite opportunity. It's unmistakably God's will. A great door for effective 
work has opened to me. You remember that in Acts 16.6, Paul was not permitted to go to Ephesus. Then it was that he spent one day there. And he said to those Ephesians, if the Lord wills, I want to come back here and spend some time with you. And so some time intervened. Paul was not ready. Ephesus was not ready. But now we find that God has prepared both Paul and the city of Ephesus. And there is great certainty that I am where I ought to be. And God has opened a wide door for an effective ministry. It's interesting that in our lives, in our church, that many times we desire to do a certain thing, but it's not God's timing. We're not ready. The situation is not ready. God had to work in the life of Paul, perhaps to toughen him up, to develop more courage. But now Ephesus is ready, and Paul is ready. God's timing was right. Paul needed to enter into that open door as a result of those seven years that he spent in that city preaching the gospel. In your life and mine, in this church and other churches, you cannot always be absolutely sure of the moves that God wants you to make out there in the future. But you can be sure when God opens a door and says it's time, that you're to move forward in the ministry that is before you. So you know, concerning the Lake Mary project, you cannot always be sure what God's perfect will is. But folks, we can with great understanding and clarity say concerning the work of reaching people for Bible study and winning them to Christ, that a great door has opened for an effective work. Now let's look at the spiritual opportunities that come to you and to this church. First of all, you and I must always prayerfully evaluate those opportunities that present themselves. Because many times it is not God's open door, but Satan's strategy to divert and to destroy our lives and our effective ministry. Paul knew it was God's will because he says a great door. It was wide open. Folks, whenever you have to force a door open, you better be careful. More than likely, it is not God's will. And he said it's a great door for an effective ministry. That is, God has just opened the way with such clarity that it is certain that what is to be done is going to influence the lives of many people and bring many people to the kingdom of God. Now as you think about those opportunities that come to you in life, prayerfully evaluate them. Is this opportunity one that is going to simply enhance my career in the corporate ladder? Or is it going to endeavor me to be more effective in doing God's will in my life? In, with regard to relationships, is this relationship going to thwart me in doing God's will and enhancing me to be more effective in the ministry of Jesus Christ for the kingdom of God? Or is this relationship Satan's strategy to divert, to destroy, or to limit me in doing God's will? And so every opportunity that comes to you as a follower of Jesus Christ, you must evaluate that in the light 
of the spiritual consequences? Does it help you to do more fully God's will? Will it make you more effective in the ministry of our Lord? Paul, you remember in Romans 12, 2, speaks of the perfect will of God. Folks, that ought to be the factor in the life of a follower of Jesus Christ. Not a promotion, not an increase in pay. What does it do for God's kingdom? What does it do for my family? Some time ago, an individual called me. Their family was very active in this church, and through a transfer, they moved to another city, failed to get into a good, strong church. His responsibilities in that company took him away from his family. He called asking for prayer, saying, we lost it all when we left Winter Park. I thought that a promotion, an increase of pay, moving to another place was what I wanted. Now I realize what a mistake that I have made. It has ruined my family spiritually. I have lost it all. So folks, you need to look carefully at the opportunities and evaluate them through prayer and scriptural principles to determine if it's going to help you to do God's will to enhance the kingdom of God or whether it is going to limit or even destroy you. Now as opportunities come to us as individuals and as the church, think about these kind of responses that are illustrated in the Bible. Sometimes folks respond to spiritual opportunities with a degree of contention and sometimes even contempt. Jonah's a good example, isn't he? God says, Jonah, you've got an opportunity to go down to Nineveh and see thousands of people saved. But Jonah contended with the Lord and even in an attitude of contempt, went the other way. Many times in the church and individual lives, when opportunities come, there are those who have the Jonah response. And then there are those in the Bible that we find who respond with too much caution. You remember what happened at Kadesh Barnea? Moses sent out 12 spies, 10 of them came back, said we can't take the land. There are giants out there. They approached that opportunity with such caution that they were looking more at the circumstances than God's command and promises. When opportunities come to you, as this church faces a, gray, a day of great opportunity, do you respond with such caution that you're more concerned about the problem than the promises of God? There are those in the Bible that we find who responded with comfort. They resist opportunities because it's too costly. It brings inconvenience. They do not want their comfort zone disturbed. Folks, I'll tell you, as you face the reorganization of the adult Sunday school, you have the opportunity to meet new friends and to have new teachers and to grow in this church. But there are going to be those who will respond, I don't want to lose my friends, I don't want to lose my teacher, I don't want to change my classroom. They look at the opportunity out of comfort. There are those in the Bible who responded to opportunities with a degree of compromise, a willingness to do God's will, but on their terms, at their own timing. 
Friends, when God opens a door, there must be no compromise. It must be a total response of one's life to what he says to the door that is open. And then also we find in the Bible the illustration of those who respond to opportunity out of compulsion. There is a situation that develops and the glitter of emotion moves them to say yes. But then before long, that impulse dies away. That individual is inconsistent with his commitment to follow through. And so he lends support to the I told you so crowd. Folks, none of these are the responses that God wants from your life and mine as we face opportunities individually and as a church. Certainly we must not contend with God and be so cautious that we fail to see a great God who has promised victory. We must not allow the comfort zone to determine the decisions that we make. There must be no compromise. We must be sincere and not out of impulse, but with a heart that's fully committed, that we will be steadfast in walking through the door of opportunity. But Paul spoke not only about the great door for effective work, but he says, there are many who oppose me. He simply reminds us that whenever you attempt to do God's will, whenever you try to walk through a door of opportunity, there is going to be obstacles, difficulties, and opposition. And because folks have responded in the way that I have described, because folks are dragging their feet and critical, because folks stand up and deliberately oppose you, is no reason for you to quit. Well, I guess all of us at times when we face opposition want to have a pity party and give up and say if that's the way it is count me out so what it's nothing new Paul as he moved forward in the ministry there at Ephesus said there are many who oppose me the source of that opposition many times it's internal because of our own lack of faith weakness failure and sin. We are so intimidated as we face a wide door of opportunity that we are the problem. As Pogo said, we have met the enemy and the enemy is us. And so those inner struggles that we have regarding opportunity is the real problem with many of us. But of course there are those external obstacles and individuals who oppose. The Bible says that Satan is our accuser. And we're reminded that the real problem that we're having is not with flesh and blood, not with one another, but rather the devil sometimes uses people innocently. Other times he uses people who are self-centered and carnal in standing against the very opportunity that the Lord has placed before. Folks, when you face that, and I remind myself, it's no reason to resign or to quit. That's the pattern of God's work. That is the story of the Apostle Paul's ministry. But as Paul claimed that a great door was open 
for an effectual ministry. And as he recognized that there would be opposition, obstacles, that the devil was going to fight him in every way possible, we find in the record of Paul's battles that he claimed victory through Jesus Christ. In fact, if you just look at 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 8, and following. He said, we do not want you to be uninformed, brothers, about the hardships we suffered in the province of Asia. We were under great pressure, far beyond our ability to endure, so that we despaired even to life. Yes, Paul was human. He felt like giving up. He despaired even unto life. Indeed, in our hearts, we felt the very sentence of death. But this happened that we might not rely on ourselves what on God who raises and so Paul said listen all of the problems the difficulty the obstacles and the opposition God uses that to help me understand I am not adequate that I must rely on God who has the power to raise the dead. There's another testimony in uh, chapter 4, beginning with verse 7. And here he's giving a testimony about the difficulty of being hard-pressed and perplexed and persecuted and struck down. But then he says in verse 10, We always carry around in our body the death of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our body, so that his life may be revealed in our mortal body. So Paul testifies that regardless of the opposition, he was claiming victory, that he would be more than a conqueror, that through the power of God who raised the dead, he would be adequate for the ministry that awaited him as he walked through the open door. Folks, whatever God is leading you to do, to serve in some ministry, to teach, to become involved in evangelism explosion, to be a part of a church that moves forward in enrolling and winning people to Christ in Bible study, there's going to be difficulty. There's going to be misunderstanding. There's going to be, at times, opposition. But there is victory in Jesus Christ. All of this simply reminds us we are not adequate within ourselves for the ministry. But we must trust in our God who is sufficient. This very day, there are some open doors through which you can enter for an effective ministry. In faith, with a sincere commitment of your life, respond to the opportunity that God gives you. We're cautioned again and again about putting off our decisions to follow Jesus Christ in those opportunities of life. Someone expressed it in these words. I saw a door and meant to go within the room someday. I looked around and marked the ground lest I forget the way. When I return, all was the same excepting where before a light had been, now no light was seen and God had closed the door. You see, opportunities will pass us by if we do not respond through the leadership of God's Spirit at the right moment. Just as Ephesus was ready and it was time for God to strike, so for some of you, the time is now. The time is now for some of you to come down this aisle and say, I want to be a part of the ministry of this church. The time is now for some of you to come say, I want to accept Jesus Christ and follow him. 
the time is now for many of you who are members of this body no longer to hesitate, not allowing your own personal weakness or failure to intimidate you, nor even allowing the criticism and the disagreement and the opposition of others to hold you back. But now is the time for you to say, I'm going to walk through that door and by God's grace and by the power of a risen Savior, I will give my best to serve Him. We're going to sing together, I have decided to follow Jesus. And as we sing, as God has spoken to your heart, won't you come seizing the opportunities of decision to follow through in effective service for Him. Let's stand and sing together. To follow Jesus, I have Yeah. 